Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com, or you can contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There, you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Right over there, just behind uh, the Browns there, uh, in that pew, about six or seven years ago, I was standing during the musical worship, and next to me was my wife, but then she was either my fiance or my girlfriend, I'm not sure which, and uh, my mom was on the other side of me, and then there was my dad, and uh, we happened to be all together that day, and it was, it was kind of nice, and uh, my mom leaned over, and she said to me with joy, she said, the whole family is here. And I started to open my mouth, you know, thinking, well, Sonia and I aren't, you know, together yet. She's, and, uh, and my mom, she kind of, I'm very close to my mom. She kind of knows my thoughts. <laughs> so uh, she didn't even let me protest. She just said, no, David, the whole family is here. A few months uh, around that time, uh, either earlier or, or after, I'm not sure when exactly in the timeline, but I traveled to New Jersey to spend some time with Sonia's family, and to ask permission and blessing to marry their youngest daughter. I don't think I've ever been more nervous before or since that moment. And I remember when I finally stammered it out, and I was trying to look on her mom's face, and I couldn't read her, her, her face, and I was, <laughs> I was getting even more nervous. Uh, but we eventually uh, we worked it out after what felt like an eternity, and you know we talked it out, and they did give me their blessing. And uh, I remember that moment, and I remember another moment. Uh, I remember this very clearly. The next day, we went somewhere with Sonia's mom, and she introduced me by saying, this is my son, David. You see, I'm my parents' only child. So this extension of belonging is very powerful. My mom saw and spoke into being how my wife belonged in our family before we were even married. And her mom saw and spoke how I belonged in her family even before we were married. My wife has daughtership in a new family and I have sonship in a new family. There's something very powerful about belonging. And that's what I believe this Haftarah portion is about. So we're going to take a look at that. But first, I want to mention something in general about Haftarah portions. I'm sure you were curious about that when you came in. So here you go. This year, 5780, the Jewish year, I've been preaching almost exclusively on, does anyone know? The Haftarah portions. Have you noticed that? You've gotten a lot of, uh, you know, judges and, uh, and the prophets and things like that. Uh, last year, I preached uh, mostly on the New Covenant portions, which uh, last year that was the Gospel of John. This year, it's a lot of uh, the Gospel of Mark and, and Matthew. 
Um, most of the time, the rabbi preaches on the Torah portion, right? Of course, the, which is the first five books. The Haftarah portions usually um, are related to the Torah portion in some way, and they're from the rest of the Hebrew Bible. So stories about King David and Deborah and uh, the prophetic books, as I mentioned. The Haftarah portion, uh, as I said, almost always relates to the Torah portion, except right now, it doesn't. As of today, there's a shift. Can you feel it? Feel the shift? The winds of change, right? As it says in Monsters, Inc. I'm getting lost here. All right. Um, so the, the Haftarah portions were chosen by the rabbis, and, uh, and I chose to preach on that because, you know, I thought maybe people wouldn't be as familiar with it and be a blessing to you. But what is the theme of, of the Haftar portions from here on out to the end of the year? I'm sure you're wondering this, right? Yes, yes, we're wondering. Okay. They are following what is happening in the calendar. So in three weeks, it is Tish Ba'av. Right? It's a traditional day of mourning and lamentation and repentance. And this is a day when we acknowledge and mourn for the tragedies and persecutions and hardships of our people, such as the destruction of the temple and the exile. And the thing is, no one likes to think about hardship, but, you know, especially at a time when there are so many crises all around us in our country, perhaps these uh, these scriptures will give us a roadmap to go through, right? So what ends up happening is you have three weeks of rebuke, which kind of, it's a little bit harsh, and then you have seven weeks of comfort after Tish B'Av. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Yeah, seven weeks of comfort. So in other words, there are three Haftarah portions of rebuke before Tish B'Av and seven Haftarah portions of comfort afterwards. And these are mostly from the second part of Isaiah. Have you ever read Isaiah, you know, starting in, in chapter 40, and it's all full of hope and encouragement, right? You will mount up with wings like eagles, all that stuff. So that's, that's where we're going up until the high holidays. So from here on out, it's special Haftarah portions that do not relate to the Torah but, uh, portion, but relate to where we are in the year. Today is the first portion of rebuke, and uh, it's kind of a gentle ramp up to rebuke in Jeremiah, to the admonition of this three-week period. I think it's the gentler of the three. And I say gentle because Jeremiah is preparing to approach Israel to correct her, but this idea that I began with also runs through in this Torah portion, in this Haftar portion. What is that? I'm talking about belonging. Here are some excerpts from the Haftarah portion this week. This is uh, the beginning of Jeremiah. So originally, we have the call of Jeremiah. The word of Adonai came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you prophet to the nations. That's pretty encouraging. And then we have some correction for Israel. Then Adonai stretched out his hand and touched my mouth, and Adonai said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I have appointed you over the nations and over kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. I will pronounce my judgments on them for all their wickedness. They have forsaken me, offering incense to other gods, worshiping the works of their hands. Now you, that is Jeremiah, 
Gird up your loins. Get up and tell them everything I order you. Do not be terrified by them, or else I will terrify you before them. So you get, you get a sense of it's kind of a, we're gearing up for something that might not be so nice, but, you know, God corrects us sometimes because he's, he's a father. The father disciplines his children, right? And then there's this curious, gentle part that I found very encouraging here, and this is what I want to talk about this morning. Again, the word of Adonai came to me saying, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says Adonai, I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, and the way you followed me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. Israel was kadosh, holy to Adonai, the first fruits of the harvest. All who devoured him were held guilty, catastrophe overtook them. It is a declaration of Adonai. So the, other, the, the last part is talking about the nations that, that came against God's first fruits, which is Israel. So uh, God here has what I would call, uh, I, I like to call this honeymoon goggles, right? Israel here is depicted as the bride of Hashem. Uh, she has followed him into the desert because of devotion. So it seems that God is ignoring what? All the kvetching, all the complaining we did in the desert, right? Such is a husband's view during the honeymoon. I'm sure many of you can relate. Maybe some of you are still in your honeymoon phase. Yes? The Elliots? Yes. Okay. So you're not, you're not looking at all the kvetching and complaining. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Um, but it shows, it shows how the, uh, Israel belongs to God as his bride. This is a powerful image, right? This is an image of belonging. And uh, there was, there was some, probably some trust and devotion in there, right, deep down, especially when they came out. How did they come out of slavery and went into the desert? They put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts, right? That's trust. And there was probably some trust in, in Moses, right? We could think of him as the best man at the wedding, right? He's on the, he's on the groom's side. He's uh, representing the Lord. And maybe Aaron is the, the maid of, or I guess man of honor, right? Because uh, uh, he's a he's a dude, right? So he's on uh, the bride's side. Okay. By the way, wilderness not the best honeymoon location. Okay. In case those of you are trying to learn things from the Bible, this is not the right lesson. But ironically, it is where God wooed Israel in the desert. Think about that for a second. And the and the the prophets attest to this idea. You know, perhaps going through a tumultuous honeymoon in the desert makes the relationship that much better. I don't know. It seemed to work for God and Israel. And the second metaphor is just as striking. Um, so let's uh, pull that up again. Israel was kadosh to Adonai, the first fruits of the harvest. All who devoured him were held guilty. Catastrophe overtook them. Israel was the bride in the first image. And now what is Israel? The first fruits. This is a very, there's a very interesting word here for first fruits. Are you curious what that is? It is reshit. Can we try that? Reshit. Does anyone know what this means? There's a famous passage of scripture that has this word with a little b in front of it. B reshit. In the beginning, right? Bereshit bara Elohim et hashamayim ve'et ha'aretz. In the beginning, or perhaps in first fruits, 
the same word, right? God created the heavens and the earth. Hmm. The heavens and the earth are just the first fruits. That means there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Spoiler alert, read the book of Revelation to see if that's true. I don't know. There is another word used for first fruits. So reshit is used and also the word bikur, which is uh, if you've heard of uh, the festival of bikurim, the festival of first fruits, that's what they use. And it's related to the word for firstborn son, bikur. And so all these words show up together in when, when the Bible is talking about first fruits. So here's an example. Jacob is blessing Reuben, his firstborn son, and he says this. Reuben, my firstborn, Bechori, are you, my vigor and firstborn, or firstfruits, and there the word is Reshit, of my power, right? The beginning of my power, right? The firstfruits of my power, endowed with extra dignity, endowed with extra strength. So what is firstfruits, and what does it mean that Israel is the firstfruits? Well, here's what happened. The Shabbat after Passover, Israel was supposed to bring a special offering, the first part of whatever crop they got, and they bring it to the priests, who would elevate it as an offering to Hashem, sometimes called a wave offering or elevation offering. The second part here, the reshit, implies that there are what? There are other parts, right? If you have a first fruits, that means you got what? You got second fruits, you got third fruits, Fourth fruit, uh, I can't do that one. Fourth fruits, I should have practiced this more. Fourth fruits, okay. Hopefully I don't sound like a fruit loop up here, but I do have a point, okay? Guess what? It all belongs to God. All of my fruits, all of my work, all of my rewards, it's all his. The first fruits and the latter fruits. But he only requires the first and best part dedicated back to him. But it's symbolic. It means it all belongs to him. Now he's saying here that Israel is the first fruits. This one holy nation is just the first part of the harvest. Where's, where's the rest of the harvest? All the nations of the earth, right? This is where belonging comes in again. It all belongs to him because... Israel belongs to him. Because Israel belongs to God, therefore, it follows that all the nations belong to God. Right? All the nations of the world, all of creation, are God's fruit. And Israel is the first part. When you see the word first fruit, you know there's going to be more. That is the point. All the nations belong to him because the first part belongs to him. Around the year 4 CE, there was a rabbi who had his final Passover meal just before the festival of Passover, probably on a Thursday. That evening, he was abandoned by his students and he was put to death on a cross by the Roman government. Three days later, the day after Shabbat, he became the first fruits of the resurrection. The Apostle Paul puts it like this, but now Messiah has been raised from the dead, the first fruits, the reshit of those who have fallen asleep. 
In other words, those who have died, he's the first one to be raised. And that means what? There's going to be more. First fruits implies that just as he was raised from the dead, so others will be raised. Because God raised Yeshua from death, so too will he raise us. Because Yeshua belongs in God's family as the first fruit, Yeshua is the firstborn son of all creation, so too the rest of creation joins in. The rest of creation belongs because Yeshua belongs. Colossians 1, 18 says it like this. He, Yeshua, is the head of the body, his community. He is the, what? Beginning, the firstborn from the dead. So we know that Paul is thinking of these Hebrew words, right? He's thinking about reshit. So that he might come to have first place in all things. And those who follow Yeshua, we, guess what? We're the first fruits as well. James, writing to the Messianic Jews in exile, he puts it like this. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. By his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Notice again, everything belongs to God, Every perfect gift, every fruit is from him. And he designed his followers to be a kind of first fruit among all of creation. He's drawing all of creation toward himself, and he's starting with us. We are the first fruits. God chooses Israel so that he can also choose the nations. God chooses followers of Yeshua so that he can choose everyone. Beloved, we are made in his image, and God causes us to belong. He extends his arms, he draws us in, and so we need to be like him. We need to create belonging for others, especially the hurting, the vulnerable, those that we think are different from us. God puts on his honeymoon goggles for us, and we are his wayward bride. Can we do the same for others? How can we make other people feel included, like they belong? Belonging is one of the deepest needs a person has. This is the work of God to cause belonging, to bring acceptance. He says, that one is mine. He says, this one is my beloved. He says, this one is my bride. He says, that one is my portion, my first fruits. The scripture says of the first fruits offering, this is the original, Leviticus 23. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you enter the land that I am giving you, when you harvest its harvest, you are to bring the premier sheaf, the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He is to elevate the sheaf before the presence of Adonai for what? Acceptance for you, for belonging. We who have been accepted by God, let us reach out and accept others. 
Amen. Avinu, we thank you that we, in you, we belong. Just as I belong in my in-laws' family, and I belonged, and, and they called that out of me, um, even before I was married to Sonia. You have grafted us into your family. You have sometimes regrafted us in if, <laughs> for Messianic Jews. And, but you have, you have connected us to you, and we belong to you. And there are those that don't yet belong to you. And we're so thankful we get to be the first fruits. But we ask that you would help us to be compassionate to those that are far from you. Help us to be compassionate to those that don't yet belong that we can share with them how they can belong through Yeshua the Messiah, the first fruits of all creation. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.